Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, September 9th. 2020. Thank you so much for joining us today. Nine, nine Aaron Donald day of the Los Angeles Rams, the best player in football, best defensive player. Anyway, ha ha. If you can't tell, I'm a little fired up, a little ready to go for some NFL action this week. As long as there's not too much drama off the field, I'm hoping anyway, we'll see. I know everyone's got to say what they got to say, get things off their chest. I get it. I get it. I do it every day. So I totally understand. Uh, but we'll see how the NFL season plays out as it'll uh, ramp up tomorrow with the Chiefs and Texans. Uh, big stuff on a Thursday night, and we'll see how the NFL season goes accordingly. But anyway, you guys know what today is. It's Wednesday, and that means Bill Barnes is here on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in from the retired police officer and retired college baseball and my very good friend, Mr. Bill Barnes. Always a pleasure catching up with Bill. A lot to talk about with Bill today, so we will get right into it here shortly. A couple housekeeping items, guys. Um, Some improvements, we'll say, on the Get Home Safe podcast. Uh, When we post our episodes now, uh, we have included some links in the bottom of the episode description. One of those being uh, is where you can click on there to do the voice message that we've been talking about uh, over the past few months, actually, but it's a lot easier for people. We don't have to really promote it as much. It's just right there in the episode notes. It'll say, leave a voice message, click there. It'll take you where you need to go if you're interested in doing that. So some improvements just in leaving some links towards the bottom of our episode descriptions. I did see that it worked uh, for the app that I use for all of my podcasts. It's just called the podcast app. Uh, I saw that it was there for Spotify. I'm not so sure about Apple, and I know that's where a lot of people listen to podcasts is to our podcast is Apple. So I'll I'll see what I can do. I'll see if we can make sure we include it in all of those. But for now, it is in a few of those episode notes. So be sure to take advantage of that. Additionally, in the episode notes, there should also be a link that is uh, there if you choose to, if you want to support the podcast by any means, it's there. We're not begging or asking for anything, but uh, there is some information there regarding supporting the podcast if you would like. So a couple additional links at the bottom of the episode notes uh, in moving forward uh, with our episodes coming out here in the future. And uh, they've already been applied to some of the other episodes we've had. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. And uh, it's just easier oper- easier stuff for you guys to leave a voice message if you so like and uh, other links as well. Uh, what we're also going to do is on Facebook and Twitter, when we post the episode in the morning, um, I'm, I usually leave the anchor link just for Facebook people, Twitter people to see, oh yeah, the, the episode is out today because uh, our episode is automatically published in the morning about 5 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. 
give or take. I know with different platforms, it comes out at different times. But anyway, we also post a Facebook link usually and a Twitter link. But what I'm going to do start doing from now on is I'm also going to leave the link for Spotify and the link for Apple. So that way, again, just a little easier for you guys. Um, I don't know too much about those platforms, but I have opened up a, a Spotify account for myself and have uh, checked it out. Uh, it's it's a pretty good way to listen to the podcast too. So wherever you listen, we appreciate your listenership. I, I do see the analytics and I can tell that most people over 50% seem to be listening on Apple podcasts. So I figured let's leave a link in the Facebook or Twitter page in case uh, people don't like Anchor, don't like uh, Spotify or whatever. So the Anchor app's been good to us. It has helped us every step of the way, as you've heard me say many times, but I know uh, people like listening to uh, to their to their way, their way of doing things. So totally understand just providing some more options here uh, on the Get Home Safe podcast. Well, let's talk about a couple things before we get to Bill Barnes. Uh, sports is always on my mind. It's always there, always ready to go. Uh, something I saw... Uh, I talked about the BYU Navy game yesterday, the Monday night football game, uh, or yeah, Monday night, excuse me. And yes, it was a no nothing game. It was a total blowout, right? It was, it was, I was looking forward to something and nothing came of it. Well, after the game, I had mentioned on the podcast, you know, two classy programs, traditionally pretty good, uh, clean programs, a lot of respect for, for them and, and everything they've done over the years. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've seen already this season in the young college football season, uh, Navy sings their alma mater after their football games. And if you've watched the army Navy game over the years, uh, and I interviewed, uh, captain Manuel Bajorquez of the United States army, a West point grad early in the podcast. Uh, you know, the Na- Navy army Navy, whoever loses the game, they, the, all the players go to that band, that student section and sing that alma mater first. And the winning team stands by by side beside the losing team and sings their alma mater. Then they go to the other end of the field, and the winning team sings, and the losing team has to stand there as well. So, as Maynard said, it, the goal is always to sing second. The winning team always send, sings second. Well, what I saw Monday night, and I didn't see it until Tuesday, was a clip of the Navy team singing their alma mater, and BYU stood there with them. There was nobody in the stands. Remember, the state of Maryland said no stands, uh, no people, no fans in the stands. So there was nobody there, handful of people. And so the Navy team sang the alma mater, and the BYU team stood there with them. And then as the alma mater ended, and keep in mind, Navy just got crushed 55-3 to to this team. As the Navy alma mater ended, both Navy, as they usually do with the end of their alma mater, uh, they shouted, beat Army. Cause it's the goal all year beat army and BYU standing there alongside Navy. They didn't sing the words of the alma mater, obviously, but at the end of it, they joined in, in the chant beat army. And I thought that was so cool. Then I looked and saw that BYU actually plays army in a couple weeks on uh, September 19th. So I don't know if that was a cool moment as, as cool a moment to you guys. It is to me. I thought it was pretty neat, especially when we've had this, uh, this lack of unity really with college football and other sports. I thought it was pretty neat for BYU to do that. And yeah, they were in a good mood. They just beat the team 55 to three, but they joined in Navy. I don't think it was, it, it was a, it was a sportsmanship act. It was a, it was a, it was a nice act. It wasn't uh, by any means unsporting or, or, you know, something 
that was a negative uh, act, we'll say. It was something positive. So pretty cool stuff. I, I, I thought I was done talking about that game Monday night, but I thought that was pretty neat. BYU standing there with Navy as they sing their alma mater and then joining in them in their chant at the end, beat Army. Great stuff. And uh, honestly, that's, that's a lot of what college football is all about right there. So good stuff going forward. Already looking forward to some more college football uh, this weekend. Uh, right side by side with the NFL. So a lot of great stuff coming up. I'm going to talk to Bill about this, but I just find it so funny that uh, the, I'm going to, it's the Rams stadium. Let's make no mistake about it. They're splitting the bill. Stan Kroenke, he paid for SoFi stadium. This uh, amazing stadium in Los Angeles that the city has waited for forever. They've had old football stadiums, the Coliseum, the Rose bowl, uh, n- the city's just been waiting for something amazing like this. And the Rams come back to LA, they start building the stadium. Then the chargers tag along. That's a different story, but uh, all this work, all this money, all these years, four years of SoFi stadium and, and building it and, and just being state of the art. And you're going to open it on prime time Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys with no fans in the stands. I, I, I don't know if there's a bigger definition of irony, in the world, like all these years, all these, even before the Rams got here talking about building a stadium and all these years of it. Oh man, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's finally here. And it's September of 2020 due to many reasons. Uh, it's not going to have fans in it. It's just, it's just crazy. <laughs> if you had told us when we all started the, the, uh, the Rams coming back and the stadium plans and everything, it said, there's no way there won't be fans in the stands for the opening game. Well, uh, of course there won't be. And there's plenty of other NFL teams that are going to experience that uh, going forward here with the crazy year that is 2020. I could tell you for Charger fans, it's probably a blessing in disguise because uh, not too many Charger fans <laughs> go to those games anyway. So uh, they're not really missing out on a, their home field advantage. It's about what it what it would be. Anyway, that's my cheap shot at the Chargers for tagging along to SoFi Stadium. And, uh, you know, hey, Stan Cronk. Stan Kroenke, thanks again for building a beautiful stadium and bringing the Los Angeles Rams back to Los Angeles. <laughs> well, uh, I just wanted to mention this real quick before we get to Bill, guys. You know, these past few uh, months, we'll say, we'll just, just call it a year, um, I've really kind of looked at who are my biggest influences. I've talked a lot to you guys about coaches, about teachers. Uh, there's a lot more of those people who are coming on the program who I'm going to continue to talk about because those are pretty simple areas where there are lessons learned and, and you can make an influence on young people. But, uh, you know, being this rookie podcaster that I am, I've really thought about some of my influences in broadcasting, podcasting, some of my values, some of the things, some of my ideas, some of the places where I've kind of looked at within myself, not necessarily the, the, what I say on the microphone, but just kind of things I believe influences, right? Um, it's not always people you grew up with or people you even met. And in today's world, when we have so many people on television kind of telling us what to do or reporting bad news or giving us doomsday scenarios or telling us everyone's evil and this and that. And, you know, I, I've really had to reflect on who are some of the people that really shape my opinions, shape my um, belief system, my viewpoints. And I got to tell you, it's it's people that are similar in some ways uh, on, on the radio waves or the podcast uh, uh, waves, if you will. But if you really look at all of them, they come from very different backgrounds. 
I'll just list a few here. You guys know I've mentioned Clay Travis a lot on this show with the outkick, the coverage, uh, sport, uh, Will Kane, Jason Whitlock. Those are guys from a sports kind of perspective that I like what they have to say. I mean, you look at all three of those guys right there. All three of them very different, come from different backgrounds. People bash Jason Whitlock really for you know being too political and this and that, and and he always says, "Hey, I, I, I am not a political person." He said he he's very open about. It. I don't even vote. I don't vote. I don't care. Like he's very open about that. So uh, Will Kane, Clay Travis, I'm not sure where they stand on things. I, I know Clay Travis has evolved a little bit from where he used to be, but so those are some of my influences in sports. Um, and, and then there's a lot of political commentators and pop culture. Well, so I don't know what to call them. Uh, Adam Carolla. Uh, ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, uh, the Hodge twins. Uh, those are some people that, y- you know, they just kind of talk about current events. And uh, I mean, you look at some of them, I mean, again, look at the backgrounds, you know, uh, Adam Carolla is a comedian and, and an atheist at that. I believe uh, I got, uh, I-, I mentioned to you uh, the Hodge twins, you know, uh, brothers, twin, twin brothers from uh, Texas, I believe. Great guy. Some of their videos are hilarious. Uh, just so funny. Um, I've never had, a, I can't imagine having a twin brother. I have my brother, Sam, but yeah, a twin brother. That's, <laughs> and then their, their, their videos and, uh, some of their audio clips are great. Dennis Prager, Dennis Prager is a, is a Jewish man in, in Los Angeles. And he has tremendous influence on me. He's somebody I love listening to, uh, because he talks about clarity over agreement. And that's always stuck with me in all of my conversations, or at least I try to carry that with me. Uh, some other people, uh, Candace Owens, Michael Savage, Laura Ingram. Again, you're probably seeing a pattern here with some of the people that I listen to. But I also hope you see kind of the, I don't know, the diversity, the broad spectrum. I mean, they're not, they're not all the same person. Some, they, have, they share some beliefs. But I think that's the beauty of belief systems that, is that we can all come from different walks of life and maybe share viewpoints or share belief systems. That doesn't mean we don't have a use for people that disagree with us, okay? Because quite honestly, there's probably times we're wrong and we have to look in the mirror. But I just wanted to touch on that today that I do have a lot of people that influence me. I love listening to podcasts. I used to be a talk radio guy. Now that I see I can listen to podcasts without commercials, I can see do those things. That's way better to me. And so for the past few months, especially being on quarantine and running a podcast myself, I have really paid a lot more attention and listened to more shows and really tried to think clearly, but think for myself too. And I know there's probably pushback and some people may disagree with those names I mentioned and not like any of them and like, oh, they're just right wing uh, lunatics or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying those are just, those are the people that I get influenced from. And I will say this in closing with the, with this segment. I don't agree with everything they say. Sometimes we get so caught up in agreeing with people all the time and every subject that when we do disagree, we think it's like this terrible thing. I don't, just because I disagree with someone doesn't mean I still can't get influence from them or look at the overall value they bring to my life. So I've had the opportunity to talk to so many different people on this show, and I, I continue to say this, but it's it's really 
is really at the forefront of, of my heart and, and my mind. And just, it's so wonderful to talk with so many different people some, from so many different walks of life. And it's something I want to continue to do uh, moving forward as often as I can. And I just appreciate all of you listening and all of people who have come on this podcast. Uh, it continues to be a blessing for me every day. It's hard work, but I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I really have enjoyed this, and I enjoy talking to each and every one of you and the feedback you guys continue to give. So those are some of the influences I've had in my life, and I just wanted to share that with you guys today before we get into our interview with Bill Barnes. So let's get right to it. Bill Barnes is uh, itching and fired up as always, ready to rock and roll. We should have some fun sports conversations here today. There's a few other uh, political events, I think, that happened in, in news recently that we'll get to, and we'll get Bill's uh, thoughts on a few questions from some listeners as well. So should be quite the show today. Strap in. It should be a long one. It usually is when I record with Bill Barnes. But uh, yeah, you got nowhere to be if you're listening to this podcast. So strap in and uh, get ready to go today as we take a quick break and then dive into it with Bill Barnes. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every week for very strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, we're back again with Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Bill Thank you for joining us, and thank you for having us again at your lovely home. My pleasure, Matt. Always fun. Always look forward to Tuesday afternoons. Um, you know, just a couple of uh, just a couple of dudes sitting at a table having a conversation. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. Once a week, I look forward to it every week. And uh, before we get started into some other things, uh, just a, a few things in recent news that happened. A couple of legendary Major League Baseball players passed away recently, kind of from the same era. Uh, they used to pitch against each other, to my knowledge. Or well, or, uh, no, let's stop. Pitch and pitch, and one of them yes. was a, yeah. Excuse me, <laughs> yes, but pitch and hit. They faced each other is what I was trying to say. Anyway, uh, Lou Brock and Tom Seaver passed away recently, within a few days of each other. Uh, what can you tell me about both of those guys, since they were way ahead of my time? But you you remember them both playing? Yes, um, you know I remember the first World Series that I actually paid any attention to and really got into and watched. Uh, a lot in fact you know it was not the 1969 miracle Mets season um, they beat the heavily favored Baltimore Orioles four games to one Tom Seaver Nolan Ryan were two of the pitchers for the Mets Seaver was was really good back then in his whole career you know he was an old school type pitcher where you know he used his legs he was a power pitcher kept the ball low and just just came at you he didn't throw any of this bullshit 48 foot, you know, balls in the dirt or anything like that. He just challenged you. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, to the fact his, I guess, you know, the, the, the Mets the other day had a tribute to him by having their, uh, their right knee with mud on it, dirt on it, because that's, he would drag his legs so far down yeah. and propel off of it to get power from his legs to throw the fastball. Um, Power pitcher, really good competitor. Um, you know, people don't know this, but <clears throat> the Dodgers drafted him. 
Really? Out of high school. Oh, wow. Tommy Lasorda in 1964, 65, went to scout him in Fresno, where he, where he grew up, and had a really high scouting report on him, said he's a definite prospect. Uh, they, they drafted him. However, Tom went ahead and went to USC, played there, and then uh, ultimately went with the Mets. Great season. Then I think he got traded to the White Sox and then spent time with the Reds, came back to the Mets to finish his career. 300-game winner, had a no-hitter to his resume. Uh, just an absolute competitor. Lived up in the uh, wine country. It was a, was a uh, you know, uh, had a vineyard, you know, made his own wine. Unfortunately, like a lot of folks nowadays, he suffered from uh, – he suffered, you know, some 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 memory issues and um, died uh, of it. Um, he had the um, uh, allegedly he had COVID also with with his uh, with his uh, memory disease and uh, sad. He was only seventy five, which is only fourteen years older than me. So that's kind of scary. You know, I have I already have you know memory issues now. I can't imagine what I'm going to be in my mid seventies. That's a good point. So, um, and then Lou Brock, great outfielder, you know, probably one of the dumbest trades ever when he was a cub, got traded to the to the uh, Cardinals, and that's when his you know his uh, career took off, you know, stolen base uh, career leader until Ricky Henderson passed him, stole 118 bases, I believe, in one year. Wow, um, broke Lou broke Maury Will's record, mm-hmm. I believe, in. I can't remember the year, but back in the seventies and, um, just a really good, good player all around, um, good outfielder played for some really good Cardinal teams. Yes. Two legends, uh, for sure. And I thought the thing with the Mets and the, and the, the dirt on the knee was, was a really cool little tribute. And then yeah, Lou Brock, what, what a player he was, uh, just, it's so sad to see legends kind of pass on but everyone does eventually and nobody gets out alive no one gets out no one gets out there was a guy by the name of jim morrison i think kind of uh he wrote a book and i think the book was named no one nobody gets out alive or no one gets out alive (laughs) or somebody wrote it about him yeah you know and he he uh you know he departed stage left at age 27 supposedly allegedly supposedly allegedly (laughs) in his bathtub in paris but nobody saw the body and there was no autopsy, no nothing. So for all I know, he could be one of my neighbors. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Well, you never know. Rest in peace, uh, Tom Seaver and Lou Brock, two legends of Major League Baseball. Absolutely. And, uh, man, just just very sad. But, uh, hey, that's, that's what's in store for all of us one day. Uh, more positive no- notes today, Bill. Uh, some college football was played over the weekend. A big game. Well, not a big game, but a game on Monday night was played. Navy against BYU, and you were asking me kind of about BYU, and they used to be in the Mountain West. They are independent now, so uh, they're able to play football games. The Mountain West, as well as the Pac-12, is not playing football games. And it got me thinking. I was like, you know what? Come to think of it, BYU is one of the only teams in the, well, not the Western time zone, but the Western United States that's playing Division One football. Now, I did find out that even though – Air Force is in the Mountain West. They have a two-game schedule as of right now. They're they're in Colorado. They're kind of a Western United States team as well. They're going to play Army and Navy, who they play every year. But it really says something when 
there's only two, BYU and and uh, the Air Force Academy are the only schools out here playing. Well, you know, BYU or uh, Air Force has a chance to go undefeated this year. <laughs> Put them in the rankings. I love it. I mean, it. If, if they run the table two and zero, I mean, you know. <laughs> They're, they're, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yes. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And, and Two-game schedule. Two-game schedule. You, Why show up? You've umpired more baseball games there on a weekend than, than their entire football season. And let me tell you something. As of yes. Now. I umpired, yes. And again, they're going through that kind of the weather there. Uh, it was 86, 87 degrees yesterday in Denver. It's 32 degrees there today. <laughs> okay. I went through the same. The last time I was in, in uh, Colorado Springs to work baseball, we got we got in on a Wednesday night. It was eighty six degrees. It was the end of May, two thousand eighteen. We got in at the end of at the end of May. It was eighty seven degrees when I landed in Denver. Drove to Colorado Springs, still in low eighties. Uh, went out for a for a um, evening cocktail. Sat on a patio. It was in high seventy. Beautiful night. Gorgeous night. The next day, it was about uh, I would say forty six degrees. And we had um, the weather was was going south, and we had a game that went from we started it at about fifty three degrees, and we had snow in the middle of the game, and then it was sixty nine when the game when the game was over at like five thirty. So if you don't like Colorado weather, wait ten minutes because you're gonna it, it, it'll change, yeah. and it certainly did. Oh, it was boy. crazy there. I mean, I think did you did you ever go on one of those trips? Did you ever go to Springs with me? I no. never went to work okay. baseball. I have been there to tour the campus. I went there one one uh, the year before, and went out one night and was in a little uh, establishment. I looked outside and I thought, "What's that white stuff?" <laughs> and it was an abs- it was blizzard conditions. I couldn't believe it. Wow. And then again the next day, sixty five degrees. Jeez. I mean, crazy, man. I mean, the weather there is as fickle as a junior high kid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm not touching that one. Uh, but anyway, crazy stuff. Uh, I'm going to I'll watch Air Force football. I'll, I'll two games, man. It's uh, anytime the service academies play, I'll, I'll tune in for sure. But yeah, Air, Air Force and BYU, that's all the West Coast have uh, in 2020 right now. Uh, what, some other sports news that happened. I do have some questions for you, Bill. Questions. Uh, questions from questions. listeners uh, and a lot of Real Hondo Prep fans, of course. To, uh, if we didn't have Real Hondo Prep, we would have no <laughs> listeners at all. You're right about that. Unbelievable. Bill, what are your thoughts on what happened? Uh, I'm not a huge tennis fan. I don't really care about it, but I, I thought it brought up an interesting discussion. Uh, or the U.S. Open this weekend, Novak Djokovic accidentally, I don't think there's any debate on that, accidentally hit a loose ball out of frustration. It hit a line judge. <laughs> she went down. Uh, Mr. Jokovic got uh, disqualified in this round of 16. I don't know how it all works, but it was really interesting. People were kind of like, how can you disqualify the guy? And so it brings up a discussion. Should accidental <laughs> assaults <laughs> be treated the same as intentional? Well, good question. Um, I saw the tape. I saw the replay. It wasn't I think he was frustrated with himself. Yes. Okay. Frustrated with himself, and he bats the tennis ball behind him, and it strikes the lineswoman, and you'd have thought that she was hit with a .30-06 rifle. She went back into the left. She went back into the left. (laughs) You know, I'm waiting for Oliver Stone to do a recreation on this. Okay. 
Um, and she went down like a ton of bricks. And I thought, my God, she, she's been shot. But she only got hit with a tennis ball. And it looked like it hit her in the cheek, and then she's holding her throat. Now, I'm no expert, and I'm certainly not going to be a pincushion for a tennis ball to the face, and I don't <laughs> want to recreate this. But I thought it was a little much. And, you know, I mean, as a lineswoman, you're looking at 100, 110 mile an hour serves coming at you. And you need to have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, of, you know, coordination to get out of the way. <laughs> now, I'm not saying it's her fault by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought, wow. I mean, he ran right over. He was apologetic. And again, it's which end of the stick are you going to take? Yeah. Are you going to let him stay? And the people are going to say, oh, you're letting this, this, this heinous bastard <laughs> continue to play. Or are you going to say, you know what? Zero tolerance for such action. And um, you're done. Well, I'll tie it into this. You and I both umpired baseball. And yeah, that, that woman, lines woman going down. It reminded me of, of you uh, faking that injury at BYU uh, with, with the little chin shot that you got. Uh, that was Excuse me. Uh, that yeah. was not fake. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, it was. I'm still, I still can't hear out of my right ear. Okay. Oh, I thought I hit you in the left side. No, no. It was the right ear. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I still have hearing problems there. Now, uh, that was an accident completely. The catcher was crossed up. He got hit. I got hit. And then you had to put strap on and go finish that miserably that horrendous horseshit baseball game. Five and a something hours. For while I'm, while I'm, miserable. while I'm, you know, while I'm sipping, uh, you know, um, frescas in a locker room watch <laughs> on, on pain pills what, on feeling, pain pills feeling good. a thousand milligrams of ibuprofen <laughs> injected into my buttocks to to relieve the pain and i'm watching you back there go through that that was probably one of the best moves i've ever made yes, in my life yes it was that was not a fun day at BYU for either of us and the good that was the same weekend i lost my phone <laughs> yes and i barely made the flight you, oh my God. what a weekend! Should have known right then and there. We're lucky the plane didn't crash. <laughs> exactly. We're lucky there wasn't a smoking hole between here and Salt Lake City, because that had all the ear earmarks of an absolute disaster. Yes, it did. Bill, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't, we didn't you know, talk I, about this, but yeah, <laughs> Bill loses his phone in the Uber on the way out of town for the series at BYU. And if I'd only I had the, the fucking volume up on the phone. <laughs> Okay, I could have called the driver, would have heard it, answered it, brought it back to the terminal. Yeah. Right. The lady at the Delta counter was so nice to loan me her cell phone because like everybody else nowadays, your whole life is in your friggin phone. Yeah. Okay. My flight information, everything was in there. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm checking. I'm going through my I'm, I'm checking everything. I go, I, I, I must have left my phone on the Uber. And the lady was so nice to give me her phone. I called and of course, I had it on silent. So, you know, the driver, he's not, he's not hearing it. And this is a, this is a story for another show, but that was just the beginning of an absolute shit show of a three days. Not a fun, not a fun week. Not, not pleasant. I, I, they're shutting the plane doors and I, and I barely, and I'm sitting there going, you're I bet, freaking I, out because I'm not there yet. I bet we're on the same flight. freaking Matt is trying to call me saying, Hey, I'm running late. <laughs> I'm running plane. late hold the plane and my phone is driving around somewhere you know in a in a in a honda accord in the back seat you know and and i'm thinking where is this guy 
Oh my God. And I see this hot, <laughs> disheveled guy coming down the aisle and it's, it's, it's what? Five, five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> First flight. Yeah. And you're sweating profusely as you're coming down with your bags. And, and I mean, the plane was, was, was cleared to taxi. And and you're fine, and you're finally yeah. getting on board. I thought it was moving even, <laughs> and I thought, what what am I going to do? What can go worse on this week? Well, a and lot then, of things could have. And then it, did. you know, yeah. we 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 got there in one piece. We got home in one piece, but everything in the middle was just a shit shit mess. Yes, complete oh. and utter mess. Rough weekend, and, and the good people of, of Brigham Young University. Uh, thank Let me you. tell you something. If you're going to get injured as place. an umpire, yeah, get injured at BYU. Because they have two team doctors that aren't afraid to prescribe pain medication whatsoever. They have ice. They have beautiful training tables. And you are taken care of there. Oh, good good place. A very nice place. Well, it wasn't that day, but it was a very nice place. Anyway, back to the Lions, Judge. You know, Bill, we've umpired. and. Yes. Okay, between innings, we're around players that are mm-hmm. frustrated at themselves, mm-hmm. at teammates or whatever sometimes they throw equipment randomly mm-hmm. um i don't know if you've been hit or anything's bounced by you i've been kind well, of involved in stuff well, here's like the that. deal i have the wherewithal if someone is 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 giving me the business i'm gonna get I, i'm gonna watch him but you don't know it's at you though a guy's mad he just struck out for the third time of the day if he okay. you mind your business walking up the line and he just throws a bat kind of not looking if he if he throws a bat whether it's at it whether it's purposeful accidentally slips out of his hands and he's showing disgust mm-hmm. he's going to be ejected of course okay so i'm saying there's a fine line there like, is it, now, it's a judgment thing yeah. here now if he bounces his helmet and hits me he's going to be ejected near me if it's close enough to hit me you're going to be ejected he flips his elbow pad up the line and it lands at your feet you're going to probably give him something aren't you maybe like uh, oh hey, i'm going to hey watch where you're tossing stuff, I'm gonna, you know no, no you come get it <laughs> don't send the bat boy you come get it mm-hmm. okay i like that all right um, it just depends. Mm-hmm. It depends. Again, I'm not a tennis aficionado. I don't know the ins and outs. Um, you know, obviously it's a very, very, you know, it, it's the, it's the, the king and queen type, uh, game. So who knows? I mean, I don't know what they do, but I, again, that's one of those you flip a coin on. Yeah. I'm just trying to put it in terms that you and I or baseball people would understand because I could see that happening on a baseball field. I know that it's happened. Where sometimes, you know, a guy will just toss something and, oh, it well, hits, hey, you know? hey, a, a pitch, a, a catcher drops his glove and you get nailed with a pitch. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, everybody's going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, everybody's yeah. going. Oh, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. What? I threw the pitch. He's supposed to catch it. Well, well too bad. You you, you're in, you're in on this. Yeah. Little, uh, little fiasco. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, again, I'm not a huge tennis guy, but I thought it was interesting from a, I mean, I loved watching tennis back in the day when McEnroe, Connors, Ily Nastasi, all those guys, they just got after it. You know, nice. they, they would just, they, they, you know, they had no problem, you know, dressing, dressing the line judge or dressing the umpire down <laughs> and just telling them what they meant, you know, smacking the net, you know, screaming at each other, you know, I mean, I mean, they were, that's how they fired themselves up. I loved passionate competitors, loved watching Jimmy Connors play. So tell you, you're telling me actually you heard Jimmy Connors on a podcast recently. Yesterday, I listened to the Dennis Miller podcast. Good podcast. His his guest was Jimmy Connors. Nice. Evidently, they live near each other up in the, in uh, Santa Barbara. They go hiking together. They're friends. 
they had a, a, a podcast together yesterday and Jimmy sounded great. He's pushing 70 now, which makes me feel ancient, you know, <laughs> and he's doing good. Dennis Miller is outstanding. You got to be a little smarter than, than you got to, than, than um, room temperature to keep up with some of the things he says. He's yeah. pretty sharp. Uh, he's pretty sharp. witty and he's, he's pretty, pretty good. So yeah, Jimmy Connors was on there and um, it's amazing that he has been married to the same woman for like 40 years. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. And um, you know, usually those guys bounce around and, and, <laughs> you know, it's a revolving door, but yeah. he's, he's been with the same woman for almost 40 years and doing really well. I'm sure he's set financially. Um, he, he had a funny analogy on, when it was time to quit. Oh, okay. And he was, you know, in his late thirties and he could play, but he knew it's time to go, but he didn't know that, Hey, I can make it, someone will make their career. If they beat me, it's like kind of, if you beat Mike Tyson, mm -hmm. you were, you, you, you were famous. Mm -hmm. So whoever would beat Jimmy Connors when he was in his prime, whether they ever want to match ever again, they were famous. <laughs> so, you know, that was, and that's true. I remember, you know, I was in high school a little after watching him play, he'd have battles. I mean, he would have epic battles with John McEnroe, who is just a shell now of what he used to be. You know, he looks like Mr. Rogers now compared to what, you know, he's he, he, a lunatic. Yes. Man. <laughs> a complete and utter lunatic, just an obnoxious New Yorker, yeah, man, know, just a, a, a spoiled rich brat from, from Long Island. Is yeah. what he was. I hate whiners and complainers, and John McEnroe seemed that way. He was just, he was at the very top I, of the heap. What, you're playing tennis, bro. Like, stop it. Stop screaming. Right. Uh, anyway, to, I, Bill, when I woke up this morning, I did not think you and I would be talking a good ten minutes on tennis, but but we have. So <laughs> you never know what to expect uh, when we record together. It's uh, great stuff. <laughs> oh man. Well, well, Bill, uh, a couple questions. I know you love your questions. Um, Todd Carson sent you a question who listen Todd listens to the podcast quite frequently. He's asked some good questions. His question to you, Bill was on law enforcement uh, as a former law enforcement officer, retired police officer. Uh, he had a question regarding law enforcement jurisdiction. As an example, can a CHP officer cite you if you're not on the highway? Can a sheriff, uh, can a sheriff give you a speeding ticket? What are the different juris jurisdictions? And do you have any examples from your career? If you are a Cal if you are a California state, uh, you know, accredited police officer, if you have police officer powers in the state of California, not peace officer powers, because a peace officer can be a prison guard. Okay. Okay. They have no jurisdiction outside their, their prison. However, if you're a police officer, uh, whether it be CHP, sheriff, city police, you are sanctioned to uh, take enforcement and you are credentialed to do your job in the entire state of California. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you start a chase here in Rancho Cucamonga and you end up in Salinas, California, you can, you have jurisdiction up there. Okay. Even if you're up there, and you're up there for, let's say, some type of training event, and you you leave your hotel one night, and you think th you see what you may think is a drunk driver, and you have your police car with you for some training event, you stop them and arrest them, 
it's all good. Oh, okay. It's all good. So, for, and also, if you're a CHP officer and you're on the city streets, you can write tickets, make DUIs. In fact, we used to kiss off all of our DUIs to the CHP because we hated them handling DUIs. We didn't mind taking them off the street, but we didn't like writing them because they were a pain in the ass and it took up your time. So we'd call for CHP. They'd come off the freeway and come and take them for us. Are they DUIs? Are they more, why, why were they a pain? Because they're just more details or something? It, it just, you got to go and you have to, you know, administer the breath, blood, breath, or urine test. Then you oh. got to go book into jail okay. and you got to do this form, that form, this form, this form, that form. It's just not fun. Gotcha. So I'm, I mean, I would, and, and CHP guys, they loved it. They loved those things for them. It was a, it was a five minute walk in the park. <laughs> Did you write any, uh, traffic tickets? I'll say in, in your career, I, I can't imagine. I don't, you don't, you don't strike me as that kind of guy who was worried about running stop signs or driving too well, fast. Well, if you did it in front of me and you put the, the, you know, and people are looking at me like going, why don't you, what are you going to do? You gonna let that guy go. You stop him. Okay. And a lot of times you're there for, it's kind of like wearing the mask nowadays. You're there to educate. Okay. okay. Wear the mask. I would say stop for the stop sign. Okay. Now, if they give me a ration of shit when I was talking to them, I'd say, I'll be right with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go back to my car and I'd write them a ticket. So you're telling me, you're telling me that the actions of a police officer are different based off of how they're treated. That's a, shocking. A now I know there are some cops out there <laughs> that are by the book yeah. and they'll, you know, if they have to get out of their car, you're getting a ticket. Yeah. I yeah. was, I, I was me personally, I was not that way. Okay. But uh, you treat me poorly. Guess what? I'm going to pencil fuck you. Okay. <laughs> and if you treat me nice, we're going to have a nice, pleasant conversation and hopefully you're going to do better next time. And we're going to go on our merry way. I, I hate comparing law enforcement to umpiring or whatever, it but goes, it, it goes it come, hand in hand. It's naturally the stories and everything. So you talk about that, those methods. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same way in a baseball field. Hey, if, if you leave me alone and don't kind of jump in me, then we're going to have mm -hmm. a, our relationship's going to be fine. But if you want, to have me enforce every tiny rule out there. Okay, mm -hmm. we can do that, but be prepared. Mm -hmm. Be yeah. prepared. I had a coach one time tell he was arguing to me about a coach in uh, the other coach on the other team being out of the first base coaching box. Uh, you know, typical nonsense we get to deal with because you're stealing signals or something. Mm -hmm. I go, okay, fine, I'll take. So the very next inning, I noticed the coach who was complaining, his coach was one foot out of the coach's box. So I said, time out, time out. Hey, I need you in. And they threw a big tantrum. I said, I didn't start this fight. You guys did. You want me to enforce things by the rule? We can do that. But anyway, that, that was my little story. Well, yeah. I mean, quick story. I, back when I umpired high school, I did a CIF uh, state semifinal at Corona Del Mar High School. They were playing La Quinta from Garden Grove. Ian Kennedy was pitching for, I believe, La Quinta. And he had a big, beautiful curveball that was fooling the shit out of these Corona Del Mar guys. <laughs> so what they would do is they'd erase the, the front part of the batter's box and they'd get up in the box and they'd hit the thing before it broke. Well, they were kind of squeak, you know, they were complaining. Who's out of the box? So, okay, fine. About the fourth inning, I had the ground crew come out and they put new boxes in. <laughs> That's a total Bill Barnes. Yeah. Move. Oh yeah. yeah. I said, you, you want to, you want to, Hey, you, you want me to enforce, I'll enforce it, but we're going to have the proper markings here. Yeah. Method so, of the, uh, the moral of the story is, you treat people good chances, 
you have a better chance of probably not getting a ticket or getting a a, a minor infraction. Our job like. was not to ruin your 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 day. Oh, I love our that. job was to make that. your day safer and better. However, if you want to ruin my day, I can do a better job of ruining your ruining your day than you can ruin my day. <laughs> That's probably the best quote you've ever had. And you've, and you've had a, you got to had a, a few of them. Great stuff, Bill, as always. Oh man. Uh, well, here, here's something for you. Uh, this is from an anonymous teacher. I don't want to say they, they requested a, a teacher and anonymity and we'll get into anonymous sources and those things much later in the show. Yeah. But this is a school teacher, uh, who asked me to ask you about some, uh, some jokes. And jokes. I said, and I said, Bill, Bill Barnes and jokes. I don't know about that. He said, uh, it's the first day of school. We have some distance learning. I need a few jokes to break, break the ice, something edgy, but Bill, keep in mind PG because these are, yes. these are kids. Okay. But yeah, what, what age kid, what age group is this? Uh, junior high, high school. Okay. One comes to mind is on, on, it's a, uh, well, they're both, they both have to do with the, uh, maybe it's an, an anatomy class. Okay. You know, Anatomy, physiology. Excuse me one second. Excuse me. No, it's not coronavirus. I just sneezed. <laughs> That's all, folks. Anyway, um, <clears throat> let's see. The first one that comes to mind is, um, and they're both in the medical um, field. So we're going to jumpstart on their, on their uh, education towards the medical field. If we have any doctors or nurses in the class. First one is, um, you know, I, have a, I had a friend. Um, he unfortunately had a stroke. Oh yeah. He, he, um, he lost, he lost the left side of his body. Oh man. He's all, he, but he's all right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Okay. So we're all going right. like dad jokes right now. Uh, okay. can we, can we get a drum get a rim roll, shot? Yeah. yeah. Somebody okay. anywhere. He's all, all right. right now. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> second one again in the, uh, anatomy and physiology, uh, realm has to do with, uh, and it's history on pirates. We all like pirates. Uh, Dr. Doctor Hook. Dr. Hook. <laughs> Captain Hook. Captain Hook. I'm sorry. Well, he was also a doctor. He was a captain and a doctor. He was the captain of the ship, and he was also the doctor. Dr. Okay. Hook forever now. Dr. Hook. Oh, uh, he was the singer. Okay. Anyway, Captain Hook. Captain Hook. You know how he died, right? No. All right. Jock itch. Oh, <laughs> That one's a little graphic, but yeah, okay. Well, that, that would, hey, yeah. it's oh, educational man. as well. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Doctor Hook in the Medicine Show. <laughs> yeah, we lost him about what six months ago. Oh, he was a singer again before your time. I have no idea. Who okay, you're talking about all right. Well, trust me. No on idea. That. Where, trust where me. Do, on where that. do you get these, Bill? Any, uh, you, you know what? More? I'm educated. I sit around all day and I I, I read and I, I try to educate myself. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask any more jokes from you. Got you got any more? Uh, I'll think of some others. Maybe we'll have one uh, in the next segment. Sounds good. All right, Bill, I'm going to give you one more shot at a joke for our oh, anonymous teacher. What God. you got any more in you? Okay, S- sticking with the, in the medical um, <laughs> trade, since it did Is me Doctor Hook as well. It, since it did me so well in the last two. <laughs> um, and again, this this can also go for. You know, uh, social studies, uh, you know, sociology, psychology, um, you know, a, um, there's a guy walking down the street and he's obviously got a limp to him. His knee's kind of gone bad and he's using a cane and um, his, uh, 
His knee has, has now become an absentee father. Oh. No support. <laughs> I think I'm going to stop. We're going to stop, stop right, right there. Okay. That, that's enough. That You've got to work with those three. Teacher. Mr. Anonymous, Anonymous work with those three and let me know how that worked out for you. <laughs> if you still have a job, I commend you. <laughs> you got to keep in mind, all these teachers are on Zoom now. So uh, the material, you got, you got to really bring it, Bill. So, oh man, I don't know if we just got someone fired or not. Well, you know, <laughs> enter at your own risk. Yeah, no kidding. Well, uh, on Monday, Bill, I had Robert Bray on the program who is... <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't tell me. He's, 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 is he from, is he from Rio Hondo prep? Yeah. Tell me, tell me again, you've had every person that's ever worked there, gone to school there. Not yet. Not yet. Enrolled there for one day, even. (laughs) Not yet. We're working on it though. We're working on it. Robert Bray is the official video, video videographer, we'll say of all RHP events. Anyway, uh, I was asking him about his favorite comment or his favorite, uh, you know, guests I've had on the program. And he, yeah. he, he, he mentioned a few people and then he, he said, yeah, even Bill Barnes, almost like, uh, yeah, even Bill Barnes, uh, you know, kind of, and his, his words, I said, Oh really? You like Bill? He's like, yeah, you know, we had a saying back in Arkansas that if you ain't a character, you ain't nobody. So that was, those were his words about you, Bill. Wow. That's all he said. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. Uh, once again, the real Hondo prep folks are, are making a name for themselves. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm leaving them. As, I'm, I'm leading them astray. I really am. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. I, I know they have a very, very fine moral compass. If you come out of real Hondo prep, your moral compass is set and tuned exactly correct. And I'm afraid I'm busting the compass up when they listen to me. Oh, I don't know about that. Two weeks straight, we went with no real Hondo prep guests. This week, we've already had one. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we have the head football coach of real Hondo prep, Mark Carson, on the program to talk uh, some real Hondo prep football. So, Are they going to have a season or are they waiting until January? The season practices will start in December and uh, the season is a go. They just they have a 10-game season that they bump back. So okay, anyway, Good. Good. So some football talk tomorrow. Uh, anyway, uh some, I don't know if this will depress you or what, Bill, but uh, I was informed that there was a couple young ladies at Real Hondo Prep, some uh, high school girls, who I don't know if they heard about our podcast. Well, or- think, I hope to God if they're if they're high school <laughs> girls, they haven't listened to us. No, for God's I, I hope I hope not. It's probably not for anyone under you know, age. I, I don't under really I, I don't really like jail. I visited it. <laughs> I spent maybe three or four hours in there one time and oh, I don't want to go back. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, no, a lot of our content, especially Wednesdays is not for uh, non-adults. We'll say that it's for adults only. Yes. Adults only. And some on adults Wednesdays. probably can't handle it. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Well, anyway, uh, we, I was informed that two young ladies at real Hondo prep decided to start their own podcast. And I think it's great. Anyone who starts a podcast, because if, again, if we can do it, anyone can, uh, but you're not going to believe who, who they're having on as their first guest. They're two young ladies. You say, oh, okay, that's cool. Start up a podcast. Who are they going to get to come on first? They are going to have Alana Rizzo on their show. Their Alana very Rizzo. first guest. The how, did, how, Rizzo. how did they swing that? So apparently uh, I asked uh, about that and they said they just reached out to her on a private message on Instagram. She replied and said, hey, send me an email. It was a shot in the dark, but 
She's does Alana realize this is not a paid event? I guess and this so. is not, you know, this is just a, you know, kind of a, you know, go out there and do your <laughs> your, your civic duty type thing. I guess. I well, mean, good for her. I, you know, and I'm happy for those young ladies. Yeah, good. It's pretty cool. That's outstanding. I mean, I got a retired cop on my show every Wednesday and they're, they're leading it off with the Dodgers uh, dugout reporter, Alana well, Rizzo. You know, Alana Rizzo, I actually met her back in 2016, mm-hmm. 15 16 somewhere in there i was in phoenix to do a grand canyon series and i stayed out at the camelback marriott and the dodgers were in town to play the the uh, diamondbacks so i'm walking down this uh this little shopping center area that was next to the hotel and i'm walking and there's a nordstrom rack there and there's another store and some other things i just left the nordstrom rack walking out and i see this woman coming out of the left side of my corner wearing just a dodger blue mm-hmm. dress and i look and i look and i do a triple take and i go that's alana rizzo and she had already passed me i turned around and i said hey alana she turns around and gives me this look like do i know you and i say hey go dodgers you know because that's all i thought to say she goes uh yeah right and she turned around and so i really didn't meet her wow. we didn't like sit down and have drinks and talk about the dodgers i just said hello and she said yeah right and that was the extent of our uh Wow. Our relationship sounds very friendly. Well, yeah. a lot more friendly to the two young yeah. ladies, I'm sure. And uh, I'll be tuning into that podcast whenever it comes out. I think that's pretty awesome. What a great start for them and their podcasting journey to have on the uh, someone from the Dodgers uh, in Alana Rizzo, who does that's, a pretty good job. Pretty are good are job. these girls going to know what to talk about with her? Uh, who knows? Do we know what we're talking about? We don't know what we're talking about. We have so, no clue. Yeah, let Alano take. We're a rudderless ship. We're a rudderless ship every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, <laughs> we just we just bounce bounce around and just go from you know one. Come on, we got real hondo prep questions. You're telling dad jokes. I mean, you think you guys think we know what we're doing really here on the show every week? Come Completely on. Completely clueless. Oh man. I think Dr. Hook is, is drowning this ship into the ocean for us here. Yeah, and 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 uh, <laughs> Captain Hook needs to needs to itch himself again. Oh my goodness. Oh boy. Okay. One final question. And whether someone asked this or not, we were probably gonna talk about it. Will Tarico, Coach Tarico. Big fan I can always count on Coach to come up with a question every week. Yes, sir. You know yes. what? I, 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 I'm on pins and needles every week awaiting his question. <laughs> Big listener of the show. And, uh, yeah, he, he, had a, he had a fun question that I think um, we were definitely going to talk about anyway. But here it mm-hmm. is, Bill. Okay. Coach Tarico, one of your favorites. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that Joe West ejected the Nationals general manager who was sitting in his suite. I thought it was excessive, but I wanted to know what you both thought. Also, what, if at all, is the appropriate uh, – is it appropriate to eject a fan in, in a game at all levels of competition, either youth sports, high school sports, college sports, pro sports, and uh, do the, are, are there different criteria for those? Levels? I will say this. 80% of the fans, the parents at youth sports, should be ejected. <laughs> What we're doing in, in, in Major League Baseball right now, no fans, that's how kids should be playing. That's that's how Little League should be played with zero fans. <laughs> yeah. Go out there and have fun. Yes. Okay? So 85 90% of the people at youth games should be ejected. Absolutely. absolutely I 100% <laughs> agree with that. Um, no, what Joe did – now, Joe didn't eject him. It was Hunter Wendelstead. Yes. Joe was <clears> just <throat> a crew chief come down because supporting this guy. what I thought – what I saw was – uh, Rizzo, the GM, away game. They're in Atlanta. They're, he's up in his up in the press box suite area, and with nobody in the stands, you can hear. If you yell from there loudly, you can hear. 
And it won't be very difficult to identify who is yelling at you. Okay. With no fans there. And you look up out of the corner of your eye and you see the guy, you know who it is. And if he, and if he's, you know, and um, GM or not, I think, I, you know what, if you're going to throw him out, throw him out. I get it. Now, it's highly odd that you would throw a GM out. I mean, you've had players ejected out of the stands this year. Multiple okay. times. And you had the GM. Well, he's part of the team. You know, I've seen, you know, Bach and Bob Davidson throw fans out of games, <laughs> you know, with 35, 40,000 people there. Well, my point with Rizzo is this. He obviously said something, right? He we, said something. We don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Do you think, because here's what the media is going to do with this. They're going to say, are the umpires that sensitive that they heard someone way up there uh, say something that they had him removed? Well, I'll say this. He said something because he wanted it heard. So whatever it was, he's responsible for what comes out of his mouth. Right. And it probably wasn't, hey, that's a bad call. It was probably something enough to get their attention to be like, mm-hmm. uh, that guy's got to go. He had probably been hammering him pretty much the entire game. Well, you and I both know, Bill, it's never just typically. It's not just the one thing. He may have said things for a few innings. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's my point. Yeah. And finally, Hunter had enough and dumped him. Okay. <laughs> and then everybody's in disbelief like, what? So Joe came down. Joe went in, of course, to the dugout and got on the phone. And, and you know, somebody said he's not wearing a mask. Yeah. You know, and people thought at first he was being ejected because he wasn't wearing a mask. Well, if that's the case, then Bud Black should be ejected because he never wears a mask. Uh, a lot of people should be ejected because the mask <laughs> rule is not that strictly enforced. Yeah. But that was not the reason. Um, I think, A, the umpires are miserable. Everyone's miserable. The players are miserable. Yeah. It's like they're out. It's like, you know, the the off the field living arrangements are miserable. <laughs> if, if you're at home, you can do pretty much what you want. Okay. If you're on the road, you go to your hotel, you stay in your room. They have major league. Um, uh, the they have they have uh, the the major league police compliance officers compliance officers that are in the hotel monitoring your comings and goings. And from what I understand, you go to your room, you go to the game, and you go back, and then you travel either on the team charter with umpires I'm talking about with the teams, and that's got to be miserable. Yeah, I I didn't ever want to. I've been on planes. I've been hallways, I've been on planes. You know where. Let's say I'm coming home from Texas and uh, I go, you know, Ed- Edinburgh, Texas, Ehrenberg, Texas <laughs> to Salt Lake City and then home. Yeah. Well, Utah Valley was on the same flight with me on that first leg. Yeah. You know, first of all, they don't know who the fuck I am. Okay. Because I'm in my plain clothes now. I don't have a shirt that says college umpire. They're not that smart. They're not that smart. <laughs> and I don't see them enough to, that, where they know me now. Um Eric, the, the coach, knew me, yeah. because and he was cordial. He was fine. They don't give you any shit off the field for the most part. Yeah, it's done they're, they're just happy to they're just happy to be on, a, on an airplane and and flying around and playing baseball and having a uniform and having a good time, you know, and you know playing on their playing on their phones on the plane. They don't give a shit. And I think for the most part, the big league players really don't care either. There's probably some of them that maybe hold a grudge that think that one guy's out to get them. I, I don't know, but. The whole my whole point of this is is that the players, managers, umpires, coaches, everybody's miserable this year. Miserable. Miserable. Okay. Nobody wants to be doing this because if you win the World Series, big deal, pal. It was a sixty game season. Yeah. No, seriously. It doesn't mean shit. 
Yeah. It, okay. It's just not fun. It's it's not a good situation. No, and, no. and we're seeing things during this small 60-game season that we've never seen yeah. before. Players getting tossed out of the stands. Uh, players getting or, or GMs getting tossed and everything. But it does bring up a discussion, Bill. Okay, you and I have not worked at the big league level, but we've both worked – uh, professional baseball. We've both worked college baseball. Heck, you and I have even worked some youth baseball games together, and we have some stories to tell there. Uh, you talked about your feelings of youth baseball parents and everything. When, if ever, have you gone after someone in the stands? I, I don't. I shouldn't say gone after, but but you know, when did you address somebody or some group of people in stands of any sport really that it was warranted? What 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 got your attention so well, much? The last to the last it? time I worked any type of organized youth event was <laughs> a tournament in San Diego, and I believe you were with me during I was that with game. You. And um, what would was, you say, 15, 16 year old kids, maybe? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseball and tournament. It was a big, one of the most big, renowned tournaments on the West Coast, and we were in San Diego, and the team that was supposed to win it all. You know, all the big names on there mm-hmm. were on this team, and they were getting their asses kicked by by a bunch of kids from from Utah. A classy, a classy group of uh, kids from Utah. Absolutely, coaches and Absolutely. players. Absolutely, and and they could, these kids couldn't handle it. No, neither could the manager, oh, and no. neither could the the, the the fans. And I believe it all started when you <laughs> called <laughs> called the kid out at first base, yes, and did. he flipped his lid, and somebody on the on the on the bench popped off you ejected the kid from the bench and then i was the uh eyes and ears i was the uh, lookout to see who else wanted to go and right then someone else popped off so i ran him and then the manager decided he wanted to have a piece of me which i fully fully welcomed i believe his words to you bill after i ejected a kid i, I yelled at the kid first and then i'll tell you what he, i said he, which he was, was priceless a, the kid tried to be a tough guy and uh no 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 that doesn't work so i got after him a bit he kept going threw him out coach had an issue with me you ejected another kid the coach who was arguing with me then turned to you and said what are you guys doing you you've lost control out here something along those lines and <laughs> your response was in a very calm collected voice <laughs> i said I said, I've lost control. I'm not the one getting my ass kicked nine to nothing and making errors and, and playing like shit. And you're telling me I've lost. And that's that's a line you you usually don't cross. No. However. But I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to bait them and I don't give a shit what happens because I was miserable. And I said, and I, I and, and then he went ballistic and I got ballistic right back. I've built, I've, I've umpired games with Bill in college, professional level. I've never seen Bill that hot and his face move that quickly and him be that loud. These two guys went nose to nose like uh, Harry Harry Wendelstad and uh, Earl Weaver. Or, or uh, let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I every few every every few months I'll look I'll look on YouTube to see if I can find it <laughs> because there had to be somebody there that videotaped. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay? And. And let's, you know, make a long story short. We called each other every name in the book. Okay. And then a fan wanted to chime in. And I said, and guess what, sir? You go with him. You go be his guide to the parking lot. You go with him. And then Bill, almost like uh, you guys seen the movie Gladiator, 
where Russell Crowe turns to the audience and says, are you not entertained? Bill turns to the audience. He goes, anyone else want to join him? I go, Anybody else? I go, anybody else? I go, it's a free ticket, folks. Just, just say something. Because I, I had lost it. Oh, we, we, I had lost it. It was like our seventh game in two days, and we, and, we were over it. And the, the end result of this was <laughs> when the game was over, we went to the parking lot. We didn't even, you know, usually you go to the parking lot, you take your gear off, and you. we got in the car and drove <laughs> behind a grocery store across the street to hide from everyone. And then we, we, we stood down and got, took our gear off and laughed our asses off mm-hmm. the whole drive home. Oh, man. And that is the last time. And it will be the last time that I ever worked any type of youth organization baseball. And I look back on it now and it's funny back then I'm surprised I didn't, you know, have a stroke. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so with the situation, it was getting pretty heated. It was getting crazy and some idiot in the stands popped off again. He wanted to be heard, not by just us, but everyone Mm -hmm. else. So it was necessary at that time to go in the stands and get somebody and say, yes. okay, you need to leave. Yes. Uh, I've done it in basketball games. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy was at half court. He was like sitting, you know, super dad. He was sitting half court and he'd be out on the, you know, not on the floor, but he'd always step up, waving his arms, screaming. Every whistle he was screaming and yelling, yelling something. You guys are horrible. You're this and that. So I calmly went, you know, end of the quarter at halftime or whatever, went over to the scores table, got my Gatorade, had a sip and I told the game administrator, Hey, that guy over there, he needs to leave this gym or we're not, we're not restarting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, the game administrator was like, uh, he knew he needed to go, but he didn't want to go over there and See, have that. That's that the beauty. That's, that's the beauty of working a, a college event or a professional event is you get the game administrator and then you're, you know, and you just point Yep, that point guy. to the people and you go, those two right there. And that's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. And, um, you know, that usually takes care of, but I got a lot of, a lot of, like, I, I was able just to unload and completely <laughs> decompress on those people that day in San Diego. And it felt wonderful. Yeah. So as far as Will's question, I think, I think it has a lot to do, Will, with. If they're attacking you personally. Yeah, that's got it. You know, I mean, I don't go to their job. I don't go, hey, I, like, sir, where do you work? Well, I work for uh, AT&T. Okay, I'm going to go to your work tomorrow, and I'm going to sit by your desk and yell at you that you don't answer the phone fast enough and that you don't prepare a document quick enough. <laughs> and I'm going to scream and yell at you and say, hey, why don't you answer the phone on the third ring? How come you're not making that document fast enough? Yeah. How come you didn't get coffee for your boss quick enough? How would you like that? You're out of position. Yeah, you're out of position. <laughs> you know, sit up in your chair. You know, I mean, come on. No, do I go to though. do I go to your work and fuck with you? Yeah. Then don't fuck with me. No, it's very true, and and people don't understand that. They're like, well, referees are supposed to get yelled at. No, they're not. That that's this. Everyone thinks it's like it's okay. I'm trying to think of another job, Bill. Think of one job where that's like okay, where, where people yell at somebody like and it's well, like nowadays it's if you're if you're a cop in a democratic city <laughs> yeah. it's okay to be yelled at <laughs> well we kind of knew that all yeah. right you led me into that and <laughs> i took the bait and again we could have a whole nother show on that mm-hmm. but but no you're right i mean i mean you don't you don't go into the into the cockpit when you're on a plane and say hey you should have made a left turn uh you know that was a little bumpy landing there, pal. I've been flying for 20 years, Captain, and uh, yeah. I've never seen uh, this, you know, 
lack of professionalism or what like yeah that's how people are i love when people game from yeah you know and, and the years you know, or whatever you know i was a smart ass one time on a, on a flight one time yeah we uh <laughs> we landed i'd had a couple drinks on the flight and we landed in i think it was ontario and it was kind of a bumpy landing it was a little it was it was hard man it was boom like right on an aircraft carrier so the word is in the in the airline industry if it's a nice smooth landing you're air force trained Ooh. if it's a hard bump bumpy landing like you're, you're you're slamming down a a navy you know hornet onto an uh <laughs> aircraft carrier you're navy trained right so this one was this one we we hit the we hit the deck hard right <laughs> And even the flight attendant in the back where I was, woo, woo, yeah, she yeah. was a little like, you know, you could hear the shit shaking. So as we're getting off the plane, I always sit in the back. I always sit in the very back I'm, because we got to wait for my bags anyway. Yeah. Why I always sit in the very back. I'm close to the shitter <laughs> in case, you know, something happens. I can be right next to the, 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 um, the train there. So <laughs> I'm the last one off. And of course, you know, the pilots like to come out and they like to nod their head to everybody. When you get off the plane, I say, yeah. Hey, I said, Hey, skipper, you must be Navy trained. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked, <laughs> he started laughing. And he goes, he goes, no, he goes, Air Force, he goes, but I like to throw everybody off once in a while. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Totally cool. Oh, totally cool. I love it. Yeah. So, Bill, what would you say? Okay, you talked about being, per, you know, you get personal or, or obviously of uh, different levels, you know, vulgarity and stuff. What was kind of be a standard, I guess, for when to address fans uh, that are in the stands? Because I think it has a lot to do with proximity also. Well, I mean, I think I, I, I ejected a guy – at UC Riverside one day for telling me, and it was the catcher's father. Oh, of course. And he was liquored up behind the plate. <laughs> and he goes, does your wife know? Do you know that your wife's fucking another guy right now? <laughs> and I said, all right. Yeah, I'd say that. That's I said, be okay. You know, and I turned around and I went over and we did the old, you know, I called the game manager over and he goes, yeah, man, I heard that. He goes, yeah, I agree. You got to get rid of him. I go, yeah, I do. But all they did was reseed him. No, out yeah, of the out, stadium, out of out. commission. Yeah. Get yeah. me out, get him out of here. The best one though, the best one I ever heard from the stands. And of course I didn't eject him because I thought it was funnier than hell was I was at San Luis Obispo on a hot Sunday. I was working first base. So I was the crew chief that weekend. So I started at the plate third and went to first and it was a warm day. So th there were some co-eds there um, and wearing absolute, just complete, you know, bikini tops, short shorts, you know, we all saw it. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, holy smokes, man. I go, <laughs> it's hot today. And about the fourth inning, there was just a, a really close call at first base. It went against San Louis. And this one, the one girl, the ringleader of the bunch stands up and she yells down at me. She goes, does your wife know that you've been fucking us all weekend? Oh. <laughs> I guess. I put my hand and the first base coach Bite heard it. Lip off. The first baseman heard it. <laughs> the guy that I called out heard it. We all, we wow. all started laughing and I just kind of shrugged my shoulders, turned away. You know, that was a good one. That's probably one of the best ones I've heard. That's pretty clever. Yeah. That is pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A fan in the stand. Where's it? Iowa, Iowa, not quite that good, but some fan was yelling at me, telling me I needed to, uh, you know, look for a new job, look for job applications. Oh, I've been told this that, and that. Yeah. I've been told that, you know, McDonald's would be too much of a, a, a challenge <laughs> for me. You know, I've been told, I've been given all kinds of, uh, 
of, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> advice and where to go with my career. Yeah, exactly. No, every, yeah, it was every few pitches. It was like, Oh, you you need a new job. You need new job applications. It just kept going. And eventually it got to, don't worry, uh, blue, you'll still get Obamacare or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I funny, but I mean that kind of stuff I'm good with, Yeah, but when they are, you know, Heckling. when they're trying to incite other people too, mm-hmm. and it becomes like, you know what? If it wasn't for this fence right here, I'd go over there and knock that guy on his ass. Oh yeah, big time. But that, so in circling back, the general manager is not a fan. It's not his job to heckle. It's his job to general manage. Where mm-hmm. stand up there, look important, wear mm-hmm. your little lanyard, and mm-hmm. keep your mouth shut. Right. That's your job. Correct. Correct. And when you stray from that and you become someone else, fine. I have no problem with you. Wanna you want to be a you want to be a fan. There's no fan. You got to dress as a cardboard figure and go sit over here. Right. And be quiet or right. yell at me then. Fine. Right. Right. The one thing that I didn't, that I thought was, you know, Joe being Joe, Joe and, I, Joe's and, I, and I, did, I thought it was inappropriate um, because he politicized the ejection. <laughs> okay. Now his words were, if a player said what he said, I'd eject him. If a manager said what he said, I'd eject him. If president Trump said that I'd eject him, but then I'd still vote for him in November. <laughs> well, okay, Joe, everybody knows you're a Trump supporter. We get it, but come on. I, I thought mean, it was a great line. Uh, it's consistent. Uh, yeah. I'm consistent. I'm treating him the same, him the same, and even the president the same. No, no, I'm good with that. But don't say. Don't bring up. Don't bring pre- up. I'd, I'd vote for it. Come on. <laughs> don't politicize it, Joe. Let's say this. Joe, even though the, the players can do it, uh, you know, all this other bullshit, they can do it. They can have boycotts and all this stuff. Be better than that, Joe. Okay. Okay. Don't make it. You know, Joe loves to make it about him. That wasn't about him. It was about the. It was president. about his decision for who's going to be president. <laughs> okay, it wasn't necessary. The ejection was fine. The ejection was good. I liked it. Okay, but come on, Joe. Don't you don't need that much icing on the cake. I want to hear what every other, what every player, what every coach in that dug every word they said because you and I both know, Bill, in these situations, uh, when when something smart or not smart comes out of our mouths as umpires. It's probably because other things are getting said that ignite us a little bit. So yes. I, I doubt very much all the players were just sitting over there being peaceful and not saying a word and just, I guarantee he got his button pushed a little bit and he acted. Now you and I have both met Joe West, amazing guy, great guy. Joe's uh, a very nice man. He is an advocate for, for umpires. He is the only man that I know at his age can sit at a bar stool for six and a half hours drinking Miller light and not have to get up and pee. Okay. That is astonishing in, in itself. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a great guy, man. And, and people, I think he gets this bad rap from people as like, Oh, he, he just he makes it all about himself. I think if you flip the, if you flip those situations and you say, no, it's not about Joe making it about himself necessarily. It's, Joe doesn't, Joe cares so much that he doesn't care what anybody Joe thinks. Joe said, you know, he was, he's still bitter from being away from the game for two years. Mm-hmm. The 99 strike and he was let go and then he had to fight to get his job back. He's still bitter from that, you know? And I would be too. And, and I think he still holds some animosity towards Major League Baseball and he wants to be, he knows they can't fire him. Okay. <laughs> he knows that he's like a Supreme, he, he's like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No matter how bad he gets, <laughs> He could be half dead on the field and they can't fire him. All right. 
Somebody, if somebody's there propping him up and he's calling balls and strikes, he he stay as long as he wants. But, but uh, you and I have said this. Joe West could still call balls and strikes with the best of them, can he? He can still call balls I, and I, strikes. I, a guy that can go out and play 18 holes of golf, <laughs> go to the ballpark, strap it up, and not miss a pitch. Yeah. He's he's very good. Uh, I think people see these situations handled and they're like, oh, he, he cares. He just wants a spotlight. I, I don't think it's true. I think he cares so much about the game of baseball. What's well, all he and, has? Yeah, well, yeah. That's but, all he's done. And umpiring. I just think he cares so much that he doesn't care what other people think mm-hmm. about no, he, his actions. He he's got to do what he's got to do to manage the Joe game. Joe is his own man. Yeah. And sometimes his verbal actions sometimes get him in hot water. Yeah. So in summing up your, your question, Will Tarico, <laughs> I, I think it, every case is different, but it, it has it stems from is it inciting? Is it making things worse? Some of the fans? Uh, is it being personal? Is it derogatory? Is it just somebody that's out of control? And I think how close you are to the field matters as well. I, I think with the different levels you go up, there should be zero tolerance mm-hmm. in youth sports, uh, not much tolerance in high school sports. A little tolerance in college and you know what I mean? Up the ladder we go. Here's a trivia question for you. Trivia question. We have time? Yep. Okay. What famous singer sitting in the front row at a Miami heat game was ejected by, I don't know, the referee might've been like um, one of the hotheads that used to play, that used to work. uh, I have no idea. Yeah. Scott uh, Foster. Foster. Yeah, I love him too. But I love Scott Foster. I, uh, he got, from he got ejected. Okay, front row. He mouthed off. Jimmy Buffett. Stop. Jimmy Buffett. He got sent to Margaritaville. <laughs> well, Bill, that's the first time I can honestly say that <laughs> the questions we've received from listeners has taken us. Uh, a full hour. So good stuff. Guys. Well, you know, I went off on some side <laughs> side notes and had to embellish some things with the questions, not embellish, but enhance, embellishment. you know, and bring out some, some, you know, sure. Sure. Yeah, maybe I'll just keep my mouth. No, shut. no, no. This is what we're here for on Wednesdays. I always appreciate it. Guys, keep the questions coming. We love that stuff. Whether it be an email, it's just a text to me, whatever. Bill loves them. I love them. Always fun. Uh, okay. Bill, a couple things since we're talking kind of baseball and ejections, uh, Bryce Harper, Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Mr. I'm important, uh, was ejected for the 14th time recently in his uh, young career. And, you know, some of the things he said after the game really pissed me off, but but it was during the game, his actions. He always has this, what did I do mentality? And, and I'm about sick of it. I, I have been for years. Uh, he's just a guy. He's always out of control, it seems to me. Well, well number one, he has a bad haircut. <laughs> Okay. At number two, he's never been in check. He's been a spoiled, pampered athlete his whole life. Uh, he, he, you know, he never went to high school. You know, he got a GED at age 16 to play junior college to prepare himself for major league baseball. So his social, he's a social misfit Mm -hmm. and he's got no people skills, obviously. And, um, he is very he's self-centered and selfish and he's young and he's immature and he's got lots of money now <laughs> well, of money, but that's the perfect storm i just I, you know we always compare guys and you know you compare mike trout to that guy it, they're 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 just night and day in the way they carry themselves the way they i say trout because he's the best player in the league and, and harper's right up there behind him uh, but it, there's just such a difference well, yeah there, there's a different dna to those two yeah big time and um you know, you would think a guy from Jersey, Trout, 
would be the asshole and he's not. You'd think the guy from out here West in Vegas, Harper <laughs> would be the nice guy and he's not. No, it's a complete role reversal. Yeah. I, I think I've never really thought of it the way you said it, how he hasn't been to high school and that, yeah, he's, he's worshiped this whole time coming up, but I think it has to do with uh, a lot of different things, upbringing, all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I just think Bryce Harper said, you know, I don't want him, the umpire talking to me like, like I'm a five-year-old. And it's like, well, Bryce, you're acting like a five-year-old. Every ejection I've seen in you, it's immaturity. There's, there's not one time where he's just been, oh, I'm just talking to the umpire. Well, you know, you've had mature guys like John Hirschbeck back in the day. John's no kid. John's been around the game. He, you know, John, John, John tried to talk to him and Harper went nuts and John ran him. Mm-hmm. If you can't get along with John Hirschbeck, you can't get along with anybody. He's a nice man. <laughs> Um, you know, there's been veterans that have ran him. There's been rookies that have ran him. Um, he just has no filter and he's immature and he's young Mm -hmm. and you know, your reputation, you know, will, will represent you on the field. Well, it brings up an interesting, uh, discussion, uh, just, and real quick, just, okay. When guys have a bad reputation, I don't think umpires, I'm talking, you can put this law enforcement if you want, but, but think of it baseball wise. Guys have a bad reputation. I don't think umpires are out to get anybody. The, the media loves to push that narrative. It's just false. Uh, I think you're you're probably a little more alert to certain people just because of their track record. But ultimately, Bryce Harper and other guys like him, they get to take accountability for their actions. Okay? The, 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 oh, everyone's always picking on me. No, maybe you need to change something. Number one, the call was correct. Yeah. Shocker. Okay. Harper saw the same angle that the umpire did. Okay. If Bryce can't realize that that ball was foul, then he's, then, then he needs to go back to baseball one-on-one class because that (laughs) ball was foul. He was frustrated obviously because he didn't get a cheap double, whatever the case may be. All right. Be a pro, be a man, shut the fuck up and go to your position. Politely talk to him and say, you know, who who was the umpire? Roberto Ortiz. Just say, Hey Roberto, that was close, man. That's it. That was awful close. Yeah. And then he goes, man, I, I, he goes, I can't wait to, you know, even say something like, man, I can't wait to see that one, you know, on replay later. Yeah. I think There's something tone is everything. Tone is everything. Uh, you, you can't <laughs> so much of it. I mean, you could say the same thing, but in different tone and it'd be offensive one, one way and, and no big mm-hmm. deal the other. And, and again, it, it's not like I guarantee you <laughs> Bryce was Harper was saying, Oh yeah, I was just asking him. And I'm like, I guarantee you weren't just asking him. You First of all, you had to be restrained. Yeah. And he told you repeatedly, stop talking to me. So leave him alone. Right. Get away from the umpire. Right. He and wasn't. Yeah. I saw the video. He was getting his distance. He didn't. He, he was done talking to him. Yeah. Not much to talk about here. It was, no. I called it foul because it was foul. Yeah. What, what more do you want from me? And then, yeah. of course, Bryce Harper getting ejected in the middle of a game, middle of a close game. And, and, and all he's doing is crying to his teammates. I can't believe this happens to me all the time. It's like, dude, at some point you need to accept responsibility for your actions, look in a mirror or you whatever. Know, at some point in time, you have to realize, look, I need to temper myself because my bat is needed for the entire nine innings in a close game. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a disservice to my teammates and to myself by getting myself ejected. Mm-hmm. You know, Or why wasn't the manager out there? Why wasn't Davey Martinez out there? No, it's not Martinez anymore. Who is it? Uh, oh, it's Girardi. Why wasn't Girardi out there? No. Oh, it's Phillies. Yeah. yeah. Why wasn't Girardi out there? You know, take he saw what he was doing. Go out there and get run for him. Go out there and you get run mm-hmm. because you mean nothing. You can run the team from the clubhouse. <laughs> you need that bat in the lineup. 
well, well, I won't comment on that because we both know there's probably something more to it there uh, with manager uh, not stepping up for his guy. But, uh, you know, you and I have both seen that, Bill, in professional baseball. Some managers will stand up for certain guys and they won't stand up for others. Because, very rarely. You know very what I mean? rarely. I mean, I was told in, in, in the American Association, you know, there was a manager that thought that I was kind of getting too aggressive with his pitcher who was, who was wanting a couple pitches. <laughs> and he came out in between. He goes, Bill, Bill, he goes, don't run my guy. He goes, get me or a pitching coach. Don't run him. I go, I'm not running anybody. I go, he, he, he was we were talking like men to each other. Mm -hmm. I go, you know, he didn't cross the line. We're fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just you paranoid. Know. Paranoid. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it's just, uh, and it, it's happened a lot. We've seen more ejections and issues, I think in this short season than we have in, in any other 40, 50 games. There's yet. no fans. You can hear things. A B teams, the teams, the umpires, the coaches, the grounds, everybody is miserable. Everybody, yes, you're right. Everyone's miserable. And, and uh, the pandemic has made people miserable to begin with. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Okay. And then you you tack on going out and having to play in front of nobody and nobody gives a shit. It, it just compounds it. Yeah, very much so. Well, well. speaking of accountability and uh, taking responsibility, you know, uh, big news <laughs> over the weekend or going into the weekend last week, whatever was – uh, Mrs. Nancy Pelosi going to get her hair done at a salon that was apparently closed. And I want to say this, Bill, I don't care that someone went in a salon and got their hair cut. I, I don't care. I think they should all be open immediately. You know what? But well, like that's like saying, you know what? I don't care that he drove 115 miles an hour on the freeway. <laughs> we should all drive 115 Wait a miles minute. an hour. How is that there going? are rules. Rule okay. There are rules okay. Okay. Here's and guess rules. guess who guess who guess who laid down that fucking rule? Her nephew. That's my problem. Is that is lecturing everyone else on something? Hey, you guys can't do this. This is about safety. Blah blah blah. All the stuff we've been hearing. Okay. Uh, someone telling you to your credit, you cannot go 115 miles an hour. You can't do it. Okay. I'll oh, fine. I, I want to, but I but then then you go do it in a salon. Mm-hmm. That's nonsense. It's not. Oh, it's not like she didn't know the rules. She's from California. You know what? Her, she might. She. She's so fr freaking. She's so so loopy. She maybe she didn't even know the rules. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt of her being dumb and stupid. Okay, maybe she didn't know. All right, <laughs> maybe she didn't know that that you know maybe her her story was, but she should know. Ignorance is no excuse for the law. All right, agree. Whether she knew or didn't, she fucked up. And instead of trying to lay it on this, this, the, the salon saying it was a setup, come on. A setup. Yeah. A setup. Yeah. It was a big conspiracy. This she was kidnapped from her mansion, <laughs> taken to downtown San Francisco with a gun to her head. She was told to go in without her mask and to get her hair uh, shampooed and her, and her mop blow dried. Okay. <laughs> she was set up. It was a conspiracy. Donald Trump henchman <laughs> did that. Okay. The henchman from Trump set that all up. I agree. I, I, I think he did. I, I really do. And it's, <laughs> I feel bad for her because, yeah, sure, she was set up. I feel bad for her telling everyone in, the, in our state uh, how, to, how they need to be more careful, lecturing the president, of course, and then doing – let, let, let me tell you something. You could get – you could get – look, Gavin Newsom did, hasn't gone without a haircut. All those people – you, you know what? You do it on the sly. You have somebody come to your house. You go to their house. 
And you have to, you basically, you need to trust that person. Okay. Obviously she had no trust with these people. Okay. Maybe the, maybe the, 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 the person, the guy that did it, she trusted, but the owner, thank God. And, and I'd I like to pin a medal on her, stuck it right up her ass. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Okay. Yeah, Could have been. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what did the person have to gain really by set by it wasn't a setup of court, but, but doing this. Like- and here's, here's the other thing that absolutely frost my ass <laughs> is that the day after this happened, not one reporter, when Gavin Newsom gives his noon briefing on this, that, and the other, really not one reporter asked him about it. Oh, I didn't know that. You got to be the kidding me. Gutless. Press. Oh, the gutless Democrat uh, backing press. Oh my God. They never, they never, they never challenge Newsom. They don't challenge Garcetti. They don't challenge Biden when they ask him like, um, Mr. Vice President, when's the last time you had a, uh, a, a, a uh, Rorschach test to test your sanity? You dribbling, <laughs> slobbering old man, you. No one ever, but with Trump, they call him everything but the president. Yeah. Well, he 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 stumbled down the stairs. Uh, oh, he, he's unfit for office. I mean, you know, there used to be such thing as a fair journalist. Why did why did they even have a journalism classes in school anymore? It's it's unbelievable. It's it is so biased. It's so bad. Uh, I can't believe not one reporter mentioned. Hey, hey, uh, Governor Governor Newsom. Hey, hey, nice suit. By uh, the do way, do you have any do you have any co- comment on your on your aunt um, breaking the rules? of the state of California by getting her hair done. That's all they'd have to say. That's it. That's all they, and he'd dance around it. Oh yeah. He'd dance around it, but ask the fucking question. Yeah. They, they don't. As a matter of fact, they'll turn it the other way. I'm sure within a week she'll, they'll have some, uh, her on the front page of some uh, newspaper and she'll be, uh, she'll be labeled a hero. How brave of her to go in into this setup situation to come out alive or whatever she did. Like, like she went, in, she got dropped in the middle of Afghanistan in the middle of some combat zone and survived. Right. You know, I mean, right. it's just, it's just ridiculous. I, the double standards are infuriate me. Our, our state is, is still under this uh, dictator rule, progressive liberal rule that is destroying the state. Um, it has turned a beautiful, once beautiful, vibrant, powerful state into a complete and utter shithole. Yes. And, and again, I don't care that someone got a haircut. Uh, I don't have hair, so I don't need to have a haircut. But but when you lecture everyone else on, nope, salon's got to close, not only can people not go get their haircut, but the small business owners who are literally losing everything they have because they can't open for business. And then you yourself go do it. That's that is the beyond hypocrisy. Now mark my words. Here's my prediction. Today is September 8th. Today, yes. Tuesday after yes. by next Monday there, because of the Labor Day weekend, whether or not, whether or not cases spiked, whether or not deaths increase, whether or not the numbers will be skewed and Things will get shitty again. Mark my word. And they're going to blame it on people getting together for Labor Day. Just like they blamed it on Memorial Day and and the 4th of July. When, in fact, those were two big weekends of protesting and rioting. I don't want to hear any more about people gathering and and spikes and this and that. You turn a blind eye to some gatherings and not the others. That tells me that this is all nonsense and this whole pandemic, I'm fed up with all of it. Open up, 
everything. I'm, I'm completely fed up with it. And it's time that we just, you know, survival of the fittest. Okay. <laughs> I think this, this, you know, and I, I don't mean to say it in a, in a, in a, in a, in a horrible way. Cause I know I, I, there are people out there probably that have had loved ones that have passed from this. I'm sorry. I, I I'm sorry. I, I really am. But I think this virus has done its damage. Yes. It's ran its course. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't judge closures and reopening on cases. I could be sitting here right now with snot in my nose from January where I had some type of Corona type virus. Yeah. They, they put the, they put the, the, the cotton swab up my nose. They pull that piece of snot out and it's got old DNA in it from a, <laughs> then I'm going to be positive. Okay. And I'm not a threat to anybody. I haven't gotten anybody sick. Yeah. Okay. The numbers are bullshit mm-hmm. that don't judge opening and reopening on cases, judge it on deaths, hospitalization, ICU. All those numbers have drastically gone down and continue to go down. All right. You want us to keep wearing masks until there's a, uh, uh, some type of viable, either herd immunity or a vaccine. Fine. As much as I hate wearing the fucking thing, I'll do it. But I at least want to go sit inside a restaurant and eat, take the thing off. I at least want to go and go somewhere and not be, you know, treated like an treated animal. like I'm 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 in the in the in a in a, in a at a uh, slaughterhouse to where I got to stand here, stand there, stand there, get ready for the you know yeah yeah it's ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah it needs enough's enough enough is enough uh, it's I'm tired of it all and and uh, you continue to push these these policies that just continue to come back in your face uh, yeah oh, and magically uh, the salons and all that stuff opened up uh, after this all happened too mm-hmm. uh, I wonder how how that worked well but I anyway. think maybe we should catch somebody inside a restaurant eating one yeah. of these politicians and magically the next day it'll be okay to uh, go inside you know <laughs> I mean I, I know that that Orange County just got got off probation a little bit They're, you're able to go inside a restaurant down there now um, San Diego County's been that way for a while so you know it's getting better I don't buy this new normal shit I will no. not I will not be happy with the new normal let's just hope this is some phase we're going through and sooner or later we'll be back to 90% of the way we were yes the old normal the old normal the normal normal that's what we want you well, know, Bill let's uh let, let's go look for some politicians in a restaurant or something right now so that if we catch them maybe we can maybe we can uh, open things up even more I think yes let's do it. let's go on a let's go on a hunt tonight I want to find um I want to find that 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 little chicken shit asshole from Burbank Adam uh, Adam what's his last Schiff. name Schiff Shifty Schiff mm-hmm. yeah I want to find him in a whorehouse somewhere okay <laughs> take pictures of him and just say yeah. look pal what are you doing Oh boy. I'd love boy. Wouldn't that be great? Oh man. That would be, that would be worth probably five years off the end of my life. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? Oh man. He is not a, he is not a man. No, 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 no. He's a jerk. No. Anyway. Yeah. No, again, if I've learned anything, it's a 2020 expect anything. Oh yeah. 121 degrees in Woodland Hills on Sunday. (laughs) Oh, you were out there. It was 120 out here too. I was at, the LAX area on Sunday it was 102 degrees. Wow. People were losing their minds. 102. I wish for 102. 102 at LA, which is right on the ocean there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, 121 in Woodland Hills. Crazy. I mean, that that's nuts. Some high temperatures. That's crazy. Is there a <laughs> hole in the ozone layer that's only over Southern California? 
Could be. It you could know? be. Yeah. You <laughs> know, they say that, that there's huge black holes out there now. Oh. And my li- and my my response to that were, was black holes matter. <laughs> oh, it's about time for us to wrap it up. <laughs> well, oh, I'm just bringing up a, a good cause. There you go. There you go, Bill. Well, Bill Barnes, always a pleasure catching up with you. And thank you so much for having our show at your lovely home. As always, my pleasure. We will see you soon. See you next week, Billy. Adios. The one and only Bill Barnes. Thank you so much, Bill. Always fun catching up with you weekly here on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Always appreciate you taking the time and letting us record in your home. Always a good time. Hope you have some energy ready to go for next week as we take six days off. And we'll be back at it next week to, I'm sure, have some more discussions of some fun topics and some things that pop up. So looking forward to it already, Bill. Take a breather. You got a few days off. We look forward to chatting with you again. Always fun on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Well, guys, tomorrow we will be joined by Mark Carson, the head football coach of the Rio Hondo Prep Cares. Yes, Bill, more Rio Hondo Prep people. Uh, The head coach of the football team will be back. He should be talking to us about how his team is doing a few weeks into the season right now. Unfortunately, with the CIF, Uh, pushing the high school seasons in California back a few months. Uh, All we can do is talk more about what to expect with the upcoming team for the 2020 season that will be played, in fact, in 2021. Anyway, uh, it should be a fun topic, a conversation. Mark Carson was here a few months ago. He was one of our first guests in talking about the Real Hondo Prep football program, his kind of rise through coaching to get his dream job and everything. Well, we're going to talk about the upcoming Real Hondo Prep schedule, the challenges in kind of the delaying the season, how you keep the kids motivated. Also a little bit about Real Hondo Prep football history. I know the Bill Barnes will be tuning in so that he can learn a few things as he uh, gets ready to come support the Real Hondo Prep Cares in the upcoming season. We got to get Bill some some gear, guys. I'm telling you, a hat, maybe a t-shirt. He loves wearing t-shirts, uh, from all over the place so let's get him some gear here we'll we'll put the we'll put the wheels in motion but mark carson should be a fun interview on thursday you guys uh like i said you heard him before and he was a great interview he had one of our highest played episodes so we'll get back at it with mark uh on thursday you guys will really enjoy it if you're real hondo prep fans uh for sure you guys will will enjoy it and if you're not a rhp fan well Step in. Why don't you, uh, you know, learn a little something from from the real Hondo Prep history, specifically football. We're going to be talking a lot of with uh, Coach Mark Carson. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested in some football talk, be sure to join us tomorrow on the Get Home Safe podcast as we will be joined by the head football coach from Real Hondo Prep, Mark Carson. Well, guys, as always, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We love to hear from you. Bill Barnes loves questions. I love questions. Anything you want to tell us or send us, feel free to do so. I told you guys in the intro, but in the episode notes, you should be able to see a link 
to leave us voice messages. That should take you where you need to go. One uh, one less step for you guys to have to do, and I, I think it's more accessible for you that way. So if you want to send us a voice message, feel free to do that and just check out the the episode notes. Uh, and if not, you can always uh, there's a, there's other ways to contact us through our social media platforms, however you want to do it. But our email address is a good way to keep everything together as well. We look forward to hearing from you, just like you hear from us Monday through Friday here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Really appreciate Bill Barnes. Looking forward to Mark Carson tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun as we continue some football talk. Uh, Even though there won't be a high school football season, uh, we can at least talk about it, right? At least talk about it, get our juices flowing, and and build some anticipation for the upcoming season a few months away. Well, that'll wrap things up for us, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to check out our social media platforms for upcoming guests. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Get home safe.